This is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 18. Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all. Okay. So today's episode is with Cassandra Bodzak and this is really exciting for me because she has been a huge inspiration in me starting my business, really like even staying accountable and really showing up for myself in my business, even when it's hard. I came across her years ago, like probably when Periscope was still a thing. If any of y'all remember that, I actually used to love Periscope, but Anyway, so it's it was a really cool moment for me to be able to speak to her and really just have her on the podcast because, again, like the whole purpose of this podcast at the end of the day is to be able to share with y'all the really cool conversations I have, share the inspiration that I get that kind of keeps me going even when the business thing is hard. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, y'all. I am here today with Cassandra Brodzak. She is the author of the best-selling book, Eat With Intention, Recipes and Meditations for a Life That Lights You Up. And she helps women around the world who want to have it all, make peace with their body, quiet their mind, and reconnect their soul. So thank you, Cassandra, for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So you have been on the top of my list to have on the podcast because three, four years ago, I found your YouTube channel. Don't know how. (laughs) And it was at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, as well as a time when I was going through a lot of self-discovery. I had just quit a corporate job that was pretty toxic, moved to LA, and then somewhere along the line, found your YouTube channel. So This podcast is really about bringing people who have made an impact in my life, whether they know it or not, (laughs) and sharing it with other people. So I'm I'm really grateful for today. Oh, thank you. That's so great. (laughs) You're welcome. I was thinking, and I was like, I think that was like when Periscope was still a thing. Oh my god! I I just had a podcast interview the other day with Danielle uh, Uh uh, Mercurio. I don't know if you're familiar with her. But from Periscope, yeah. <laughs> I was on Periscope. We're actually like real life friends. And yeah. um, we were talking about the back in the Periscope heyday. Mm-hmm. I miss it. It was good That's for so us. Funny. <laughs> I know. I guess Instagram kind of does that now, but it's a little different. I don't know. There was something about Periscope that was pretty cool. You know, I like it. Yeah, I like it better than Instagram Live for some reason. Oh, because you can make a yeah. title of it. That's why it was cool. Because you can oh, what yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throwback. Throwback. And it's Throwback Thursday. <laughs> so I would love for you to really share where your journey in business started and if it was always centered around soul and intuition or if that's something that came out of necessity. Um, hmm, good question. So <laughs> – I guess it was, yeah, it was, so it was always centered in, in my intuition, but I don't think I always consciously knew it was my intuition. 
because so my business started from a place of following what lit me up. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but that that's why that's like my, my tagline or whatever is because Mm -hmm. that's how it started. It didn't start with the intention of being a business. I actually didn't even think it could be a business when I started, which looking back, I really think was a blessing because Mm -hmm. it allowed me to just be free creatively. I wasn't thinking from a perspective of, you know, how can I make money doing this? Or what are other people going to like? Or what's going to get me the most followers? I really started it from this place of just wanting to do something as a creative outlet. When I started my blog, it was for my girlfriends to follow along with. Um, So many people that were in my life knew about my health journey and about my disordered eating and, and how on the flip side of healing that I started exploring cooking and making all these recipes with healthier things. And my blog was really just this, this place where I could share that. And then it kept on growing from that space. It was, you know, I had my blog for five, six years before it was ever like really anything to anyone. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just fun for me. Like it was my release. I guess you could describe it as like some, some people like play video games or like watch Netflix or I don't know what people do, but like... (laughs) But for me, it was the blog. (laughs) That was like the thing that I looked forward to doing on a Saturday. The thing that I'd come home from like a long day of work and like be excited to write on. And so that is our intuition guiding us, right? When we genuinely love something. And it turned into a business uh, when I was around 25. I, I had my quote unquote dark night of the soul. I ended up leaving this guy I was in a relationship with for like two and a half years. And it was like both the most like freeing but heart wrenching decision I ever made. And also at the same time found out that my little brother had a terminal illness. And so it was kind of like this come to Jesus, come to God moment. And um, I really amped up my spiritual practice. I started meditating multiple times a day. And I started really just tuning in to what brought me joy because I was feeling so much sadness that it was almost like I needed to cling to those little things in my life that genuinely brought me happiness to just sustain on a day-to-day basis. So during that period, I really realized how much I loved cooking and, and, and my blog. And I was an actress at the time, so it was really natural for me to make cooking videos. I was like, oh, I want to, how do I combine this? I'm really good in front of the camera, but I'm also really good at cooking. So I started doing these super ghetto cooking videos. And and that's how ABC found me. ABC found me from a ghetto YouTube video that I made about gluten-free vegan cupcakes. Oh my gosh. And I just got a call one day, literally just got a call one day from a producer that was like, hey, we're from ABC. We're casting this show with Anthony Bourdain and Nigel Lawson. We love your YouTube video. And I'm like, wait, wait. I'm like, I don't know if you saw my YouTube video. (laughs) No, you have such great personality. And I was like, okay, because there's nothing else good in that video. (laughs) Um, But 
it was really at the time, I think I had had people again, like organically reach out to me from being readers of my blog, um, wanting to work with me as a health coach because they just loved my personality and kind of how I talked about certain things that I had been through and and how I'd worked out things. And so I kind of really all started incredibly organically, which I'm sure is pretty frustrating for people to hear. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it is why, it's, you know, I'm a big, big advocate. I work with a lot of women helping them launch their businesses and, you know, part of that process. And I think it is so important to really connect with that, that mm-hmm. really natural wave of what you feel guided towards, of what genuinely lights you up, of what you really enjoy, of what is an expression of your soul and yourself and not, and, and trying to, even if, you know, if you have to almost, um, fake (laughs) that purity (laughs) that, and the naivety that I was so lucky to have at the time, because I honestly totally, I, I, if you would have told me five years ago about my life today, I would have literally peed my pants laughing and told you (laughs) there is no way that could be my life. And there's no way I can make that money doing that and get to travel all over the world and get to work with those kinds of people and get to speak and get to have a book out before I'm 30 and like all this stuff. I literally would have like just died, rolled over laughing, like fell off the couch (laughs) and and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one of the important things to remember is like it's being so grateful for remembering like this, like that this even is your reality and being present. And I think that that's one of your messages that really carries through is be present and grateful. And then when you can be in that, then more opportunities are going to start coming to you. Oh, Totally. And okay, so someone might say, okay, ABC calling you, that that was lucky. But at the same time, you, it doesn't have to be luck if you are literally in total alignment with what you're supposed to be doing it and you're sharing it. And then, like I said, the right opportunities do show up when they're meant to show up. So do you feel like it's luck or do you re- feel like it really was just being in alignment with what you were supposed to be doing at that time? Yeah, you know, there's this uh, there's this line from A Course in Miracles that says there, and I use it. I use it. I will say that I definitely use it like when I when I like to use it. You know, at opportune times. <laughs> but so I'll just give that disclaimer. But there's this line from A Course in Miracles that says there is nothing in God's kingdom that happens by accident, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel about that. I really feel like what happened in that moment was that even though I wasn't doing anything necessarily, like I wasn't pitching producers or anything in that moment, I was just so in the flow of love and alignment and living it that, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's how I explained my entire, a lot of my business. So much of my business, I would actually say 98% of my business has been in flow. I don't do any pitching, really. It's only been very recently that I've pitched things. And most of the times that I pitch stuff, it's like I'm pitching something within an already existing relationship because I have an idea, right? Um, Mm -hmm. People come to me uh, across the board, whether it's clients, uh, my, like my first clients, they all like reached out to me. I didn't like, I had to reverse engineer a package, 
right? Mm. Um, and I was like, nice. okay, how do you go to uh, <laughs> And it was great. It was so great. Um, so I don't think it was luck in that way. I mean, I feel lucky and blessed, but right. I feel like it was really divine intervention. And I really felt that I had been in that pure place of really just just doing the thing I loved. And being not super attached to what it looked like. I didn't really know what it could look like. And then being on that, you know, being at Universal Studios, filming the taste, I distinctly remember having a moment where I was on set and, you know, we had just finished shooting something and I had impressed myself with how I had cooked something. <laughs> I was like, I've never cooked on TV with all this pressure and like five cameras in your face and these producers shouting at wow. you. It's like a whole thing. And <laughs> like, that's not what you get when you cook at home in your kitchen with like, you know, a video cam. And I remember leaving the set and really thinking, oh, that like God had plucked me and put me here. So I like knew what I was meant to do in this lifetime. Um, and I really got it. I just got the memo. I just was like, oh, okay. It was at that point where I was like, ah, you know, I spent all these years as an actress so that I could be a public persona so that I could effortlessly be on video and camera and, and do TV and stuff like that and be able to communicate this message I have about health and happiness and, and, you know, how important food and meditation and self-care are into really accessing a whole new level of your life. Right. And so when you have clients, especially now that you do a lot of business coaching, do they come to you with the framework where they're like, this is what I have to do. I have to like coming from that masculine energy and not really like tapping in with what they really like their soul's purpose really is. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I only like my coaching that I do, it's called practical. It's a practical magic training. Mm-hmm. So I, I vet it and I communicate about it in a way that makes it really obvious that if you want like a quote unquote business coach, don't work with me. Right. <laughs> because yeah. like, that's not my jam. It's not what I, you know, it's just not aligned with me. And so mm-hmm. I think that when people come to me, they already know what to expect in that degree, that like the first thing we're doing is like doing an energetic clearing. We're getting, you know, we're like centering into their soul's purpose, opening up their divine blueprint, really like asking their higher power and their higher self to show them the highest manifestation of their work in this world. Oh my gosh. And so that's where we start from. And from there, it's like, of course, like, Uh, There are some like, you know, I I call it practical magic because I am a big believer in the magical side of it. And that's a lot of my gifts. But there is some practical, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, okay, great. So now we have this vision. We know what you're meant to do. We know who you're supposed to talk to. Now we can follow. Okay, so what feels super juicy for you? Does it feel really, does it feel really nourishing for you to speak to women in small groups? Does it feel really nourishing for you to write? or to be on camera, or to teach yoga, or whatever the the methodology is, you'll be led by what feels good, right? What feels good to you is your unique recipe for how you're supposed to deliver your magic in this life. And so we work at it from that point. And then of course, you get to a level where it's like, yeah, you know, 
you have to have, you know, we live in a world where you should have a website and you should have a mailing list and you should have a social media. (laughs) And those are all parts of, you know, playing in the modern world. And those are all parts of delivering your message and sharing what I like to say, sharing, you know, sharing your goodies with everyone, right? You can't like hoard all of your goodies. So yeah, so sometimes I do get people that kind of want they they come at me first and they're like, teach me how to grow my Instagram and teach me how to do this, right? <laughs> and um, I find that hilarious. And I think it's really funny. But but I know, but everybody that comes to me also, I will say, because to come to me is to like follow me to a some degree, so know who you're dealing with. Right, yeah. <laughs> so they're not like shocked when I'm like, okay, let's like, let's actually talk about the intention behind your Instagram instead of like why you're not growing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you're sharing here what's the message that's going on because when you're in alignment and when you're in integrity with what you're here to serve in the world and what feels good for you and what feels nourishing um and you're being of highest service then then the followers flow then the ears come you know um when the teacher is ready the students appear so i think it's you know often in those cases i'm more just reminding them that like let's get the teacher ready right (laughs) I especially love how you mentioned nourish, like what is what they're doing nourishing. And of course, I mean, I feel like part of it's kind of like an inspiration from your food background and like eating well, but also it seems like the recipe to like prevent burnout and really be in a business that fulfills you. And even if it's not a business, even if it's just like some work that you're doing, that it feels good and you won't burn out because. I mean, for myself, I burn out in corporate and then I burn out blogging um, at one point. And so to find that thing that nourishes you and isn't something that's just taking your energy away from you, I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it's, it's important because, I mean, I the women that I work with are going really big in the world. And I feel like I'm going really big in the world as well. And just from the place I'm at right now, when you're, you know, there are some days I just got back from traveling. I was traveling for two and a half weeks. I did a speaking thing in Barcelona. I came back and I've literally had, you know, from eight in the morning to seven o'clock at night, whether it's interviews, clients, or workshops that I've been teaching. And I can tell you that if what I did didn't nourish me, I would be a mess right now. And the thing is, for me, my life feels really juicy and exciting. And I love that I get to have my hands in so many pots. And I love getting to travel and speak to different different people all over the world and get to lead workshops and work with clients and write my next book and do more TV stuff. And I love all that. But if it wasn't if the, the if you're doing the things that aren't nourishing you and i think it's different for everyone it's important to really have that check with yourself because in any business i think it's it's real real to say that there're going to be things in your business that you might not love doing and i'm very blessed to be at that point right now where i get to delegate most of those things to other people but there were a good many years where i still had to do them and so especially when you still have to do some of like the let's say the paperwork or the invoicing or the behind the scenes or whatever it is in your business that might not be super exciting for you. Mm -hmm. It makes it even more important (laughs) that 
the main things that you're doing are really nourishing and fulfilling for you because it will fill your cup up. You know, when I get to go teach a workshop, I teach this, uh, I teach a moon meditation and it's on the full moon and the new moon and it's at nine o'clock at night. And I can't tell you how many times after a full day before I go in to teach that workshop, I'm like ready to go to bed. And I go in to teach that workshop and it's always like packed. We usually have like, you know, almost a hundred people sometimes. And after I leave that workshop, I am cracked out. I am so energized. Like being there with them and teaching them and then like hugging everybody afterwards and hearing everybody is like ahas from the meditation and stuff like that. I can never go to bed afterwards. Um, (laughs) But it's like, it's finding the things that make you feel that way, right? Because that's important. They're like the little, the little batteries, you know, that like keep us going. (laughs) Yeah. And so let's say someone's listening to this and they just kind of did a little check in with yourself, like with themselves, do, does this nourish me what I'm doing? And they're like, no, what, what's the next step from there? Well, I think it's asking yourself, well, what in this arena does? Mm. So I would say, let's say the example of they're like, what's not nourishing me? You know what? Private clients are not nourishing me. I, I, you know, I work with a lot of women and I can't even tell you how many people have shame around the fact that private clients don't nourish them. That's totally okay. So anyone that's listening that needs to hear that, it's totally okay if your private clients aren't nourishing you. And not everybody is meant to work one-on-one. Some people get more energized by doing groups, right? Some people get more energized by doing online workshops. Another person might be completely not nourished at all by an online workshop. So I think it's just usually the thing that's not nourishing you in most cases is just the medium of -hmm. which you're delivering something. So I would just ask yourself, okay, so if this is not nourishing me, what, like what medium would be, right? Because we all have preferences in that. You know, for me, I, when it comes to giving out content, after this shifted for me after I wrote my first book and now that I'm writing my second book because I spend so much time writing on like the book side of things I actually don't like to write on the blog side of things so much anymore so it's just a lot Mm -hmm. but what does nourish me is doing little videos so I do more videos so it's just asking yourself okay well if this is not working then what medium is and then if it's still not feeling if you're like well none of the mediums feel nourishing (laughs) Uh, then I think you may be then it might be let's like even go back further and recalibrate and go tune in again to see what you really feel guided to to be of service with to teach to express in the world because you might just have outgrown the thing that you're doing right now right and that's totally okay because that's part of our journey totally normal to just keep growing keep shift like it doesn't have to be this like step by step by step it can be the windy road and to give ourselves the permission to go the windy way if it means that it feels better yeah exactly i mean i feel like to be an entrepreneur is to like reinvent yourself every five days (laughs) totally (laughs) totally you know, to you and for what I've realized in my journey too, is that to you, it feels like you're reinventing yourself every five days and to the outside, nobody even knows. So true. Which that in itself should be like that freedom, right? that permission slip to just do what feels good. Exactly. Yeah. 
So I want to circle back to the practical magic piece and especially how you mentioned the moon and, you know, you go to do the moon meditations uh, and then you also host them for people around the world too. But I want to know when you started really tune in with the moon cycle and how you saw this relationship between yourself and the new moon and the full moon um, really come alive. Yeah. I started tuning into the moon a few years ago and I was doing, uh, I was into Kundalini yoga at the time. And the in Kundalini yoga, they talk a lot about the moons and they have different kriyas that you do depending on the moon's position. And I've always been into astrology. So I've always been to, uh, so I started just combining the two and just started learning more and more about it. And at the time I was I was still seeing a lot of one-on-one clients. And so I would notice that like, even though my clients were so diverse and I would have women literally from like all corners of the world, all different kinds of ages and like social statuses and like different goals that they were working on. And yet at certain points close to the moon, the same themes would arise. All of a sudden, all of the women would start talking about, you know, relationships and and something that was going on with that during a particular moon. And I would look at the astrology and be like, oh my God, this is, you know, it really connected it for me. And that's kind of when I started geeking out about it. And I started talking to my one-on-one clients about it for probably a year or so before I ever went public with anything. And I found that in just telling them, like when they'd be going, it would be especially helpful when whatever the moon was stirring up in them was something that was a little bit challenging. And they'd be going through a moment with something or questioning a relationship or feeling like they needed to release something in a major way. And I would be like, just so you know, like, it's a full moon in Virgo. And, you know, what that means is that you are going to feel this need to like detoxify your life, to clean, to organize, to, you know, put things in its rightful order. You're going to, your perfectionist tendencies are going to flare up. And just know that's just the energy that's working around you right now and that it's there for you to use. It's there to help you grow and for your spiritual evolution. So all these things that are coming up for you right now, one, you're totally not alone in feeling that, like collectively everyone's feeling it, mm-hmm. but also they're really there to be of service for you. And I noticed how much that helped the my one-on-one clients. And so then I eventually started talking about it a little bit more on Instagram and on my blog. I did a couple online workshops and I noticed that they were really popular. And then when I moved to LA, I finally decided to start holding them myself because when I was in LA, I had a girlfriend. No, when I was in New York, I had a girlfriend who would host some of them and I never wanted to compete with her. I just didn't want to like blow her out of the water. I felt like that would be like a not classy thing to do. And Mm -hmm. so... I I felt like I had to wait. I felt like I couldn't do it in New York. (laughs) And (laughs) so as soon as I got to LA, literally as soon as I had my apartment, before I was even fully furnished, (laughs) I started hosting them. And I knew no one in LA. I would just literally post about it on like our neighborhood message board. I would post about it on my Instagram. I would send it out in my mailing list. And I'd be like, if anyone's in LA, and I literally would sell out my living room. Every moon we would have, and my living room was like, it's big, but it's not that big. So like, it'd be tight, like 30 people in here, 30, 35 people. And 
I just loved it. I loved it. I charged like, I don't know, like 20 bucks. I wasn't doing it to like make money. I just wanted to make sure people came if they were RSVP'd. And Mm-hmm. And it just became this thing. It was kind of like a thing I did for me. And we got super like magical and witchy with it um, in my living room. And then eventually one of the girls introduced me to Susie Yaloff, who is the founder of Unplug Meditation in Brentwood. Yeah, love that place. I love so her. And we hit it off. And I told her about my living room situation. And she was like, well, use my, <laughs> use my house here. At Unplug, and it's been a beautiful, beautiful partnership ever since. So, yeah, so that's kind of, and uh, so I also started doing, I have this online spiritual community called Appreciate, and Appreciate does weekly workshops. And so, the, you know, on the new moon and the full moon, there's a new moon and full moon workshop on that. And so, that's my way of giving people access to the moons and me if they're not in LA. I love that. And I love Unplug. That was, when I lived in LA, that I loved going there just multiple times a week. And I think that opened up the doors to me for a lot. I accidentally went to a crystal healing class one time and all of a sudden was like, oh my gosh, crystals are so cool. <laughs> but the, the place is amazing. So now I get my dose of it through their app. Ooh. And now that I don't live in LA anymore. I'm on but, the app. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> for the and actually want. for the <laughs> Yes. For the full moon and new moon. You do like a little yeah. You have a meditation for that. Yeah, it's awesome. So, y'all, the Unplug app and a pre-CD, both of those, like, you can be anywhere and still get get that energy. So, for you personally, you give a lot during the moons because you're really serving your audience. But what do you do for yourself (laughs) as self-care during the moons? (laughs) Is that a loaded question? (laughs) Um. You know, I will say, just to be straight up real, <laughs> the moons are by far my busiest times because I have so uh-huh. many things that I'm doing um, for other people. And so my moon rituals have gotten less elaborate than they used to be. Got it. Got it. Is there something that you do that's a non-negotiable when it comes to self-care for yourself because you do like you're traveling a lot or you're doing live events what does your self-care right now look like oh my god so much so much is a (laughs) non-negotiable self-care wise for me so I have a pretty like you know my morning routine um is pretty locked and loaded as far as you know meditating and visualization and of course in miracles And just I take a nice walk outside. It's really important for me to get sunlight in my eyes in the morning um, and fresh air. And then for me, you know, sometimes it's doing like 20 minutes of yoga or just something to like move my body around. And then I, I do probably take a bath at least three, if not more times a week taking Epsom salt baths and I like load up my bath with Epsom salts is really helpful in me just like energetically cleansing and really just feeling refreshed. I'm also super non-negotiable about getting eight hours of sleep. So I have a pretty hard set bedtime and wake up time and I really cherish my sleep. For me, sleep is the sacred sauce, the secret sauce. If I don't have my sleep, it's very hard for me to show up fully. And if I do have sleep, I can stay really well and I can kind of battle anything that I need to battle um, as far as like a cold or, you know, whatever is going on. It just helps balance me. I drink a lot of water. I mean, I pretty much drink 
it's either just like water, tea, you know, an almond milk latte in the morning or some green juice. Like I'm always like with the fluids. I have vitamins I take. And right now I'm taking a couple of different tinctures as well. And so, yeah, so I take care of myself because it's really, really important for me to feel good. And I think sometimes I now realize how much faster and more effective I am at doing like just absolutely anything when I'm well rested and energized. So I do whatever it takes to do that. Oh, I also last other self care thing I do. Um, after the sun goes down, I don't have any blue light in my house. So it really helps my hormones and my body wind down in a healthy way. And that's important. I love that. You're the second person who's mentioned that on the podcast. Um, someone I interviewed recently, she said she turns off the Wi-Fi so that the emissions aren't going on while she sleeps. That's important too. Yeah. And it's something that I really didn't think about till she brought that up. And I was like, well, I don't use the Wi-Fi anyway when I'm sleeping. So yeah, you as well. That. You don't want that. And I sleep with Himalayan salt lamps on either side of me as well. Oh, yeah. I've heard really good things about those. With the Epsom salt, though, I have a question because I feel like everyone suggests that for self-care. But what does the Epsom salt do? Like, what, what is it about it that kind of helps you, you know, release anything and recharge and all that? Yeah. So on a practical level, you know, it's mm -hmm. like a, it's a muscle soother. It's like a relaxer. It's a, um, a detoxifier. And on a magical level, it really cleanses your energy body. It releases any heavy or negative energy from your body. So it's especially good when you work with other people, if you're in environments with lots of other people, if you're dealing with heavy things on a consistent basis, it pretty much flushes out that from your energy field, which is why it's so, and it's, it's just really restorative and cleansing. So it's good. Like I always say after the, my full moon classes, when you're in a full moon cycle or when you're letting go of something in your life, when you're releasing things, you want to like get that energy out of your field. Right. Mm -hmm. And that can feel really heavy. So the, the Epsom salt really just like flushes a lot of stuff out. Yeah, I love that. So because again, like I feel like everyone always says, but then like, don't really know the why behind it. So it's cool to hear that. And also, even like after getting off a plane, I feel like oh, that's yeah. what I want. Like I want to like cleanse myself from like all the weird funky energy on a plane. Oh my God, of course. Because you're, I mean, so now that the planes have Wi-Fi too, you're like in a little microwave. There's so much radiation. On the oh, plane. I mean, I'm yeah. all the time. It is what it is. But like you definitely need it after a plane. Oh my God. I, I've been, I've been taking a few baths since I got home from my trip and just like sleeping more and drinking lots of water. It's so important. Yeah. And giving yourself the permission to do that. I mean, obviously like part of your job is to take care of yourself and do self care, but you know, for anyone else who's just like running, running, running with the crazy schedule, like it's just as important to do this self care and find what, self-care means to you right there's no like secret like for you your secret 
is sleep, but maybe for someone else, it's the bath, for example. Totally. Yeah. It's finding, you know, it's rigging yourself for success. And I also think, you know, so many people love to say, I don't have enough time for that. I don't have time for that. And I just want to laugh because I'm like, okay, just look at my Google calendar. And right. it's like, you like you have to create one of the things I talk about and eat with intention. And I, I talk about the practical magic ladies is you have to create a foundation for expansion. If you want to do big things in the world, you have to be a container to hold them. And what you see when you see people burning out, when you see people, you know, I don't want to, you know, when you see people getting sick, when you see people, mm-hmm. you know, having meltdowns or anxiety attacks, when you see all those kinds of symptoms, those are symptoms of containers that, that aren't big enough to hold what's being tried to shoved in them. And, you know, when we, when we take that time and make sure we get whatever amount of sleep that's good for us, when we make sure we get whatever kind of food nourishes our body and whatever kind of self-care spiritual practice or connection to a higher power that, you know, that lifts us up and that makes us feel good, then we become bigger and bigger containers and we can hold more and more in a way that feels graceful and easy and, and we can actually enjoy it instead of feeling overwhelmed by it. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. So there are two questions that I always ask my guests when we're wrapping up. And the first one is, what is your favorite lifestyle hack? Define lifestyle hack. (laughs) So it can be anything. Like it could be wellness related, lifestyle, home, like fashion, just anything that makes your like a trick or tip that you have up your sleeve when it comes to living your best life. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, I mean, sleep counts. I think, yeah, I think my biggest hack um, is probably just just leaning back into my magic and remembering how magical I am. And I think we all are. So it's about, you know, for me, and I think for a lot of women, um, when you're feeling depleted or worn out or just uninspired or bored, it's just a sign that you have not been playing with your magic enough that you've not been sitting in your magic enough. And if there's a particular area that comes up for you, then it's that area that needs your magic right now. And so I think one of my hacks is allowing magic to be a regular part of my life, allowing rituals to be a regular part of my life and, and, you know, lighting, you know, lighting the candles, you know, having the crystals, taking the baths, like it's not necessarily about what it looks like to you. Um, Sometimes it can just be going on a beach walk, right? Cleaning your house is also a great lifestyle hack. Cleaning your house is so much, (laughs) so much bigger than just cleaning your house. Um, If you think about your house as like the energetic temple of your, your being, then cleaning your house is actually removing energetic blocks from your sphere. So you know, whenever you're feeling like something is stagnant or stuck in your life, clean out your closets, clean out your fridge, clean your house, and I promise it'll move. Oh, I love that. And so the next question is, what was your morning routine today? So I asked today because, you know, there's always like the, oh, this is my perfect morning routine, but I want this to be honest and what it yeah. was today. So it pretty much was, sorry to be boring, but it pretty much was what I told you. 
Um, so <laughs> I let myself sleep later today because I'm still like battling jet lag from my last trip. So I slept later than mm-hmm. I usually did. And then I did a 20 minute meditation. And then I listened to um, the I have a visualization of um, my ideal day, so to speak. And um, then I went for a walk outside and um, I got an almond milk latte and I came home and that was it. Amazing. Yay. Well, (laughs) thank you so much, Cassandra, for joining me on the podcast today. It was amazing to connect and I really appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.